Hello, and welcome to episode 3. Hope everyone is well and that you're enjoying these episodes as much as I am. Anyway, so I'm stood here overlooking my local sea lido called Harvey Par. There's a lone swimmer swimming across the 11 degree water. She seems pretty content. It's completely flat, like a mirror. It's really quite stunning, actually. You maybe can, can you can you hear the swimmer? Maybe just. Um, one of the things I have not really mentioned is that I'm doing these podcasts in Jersey, and Jersey is where I was born. And after a stint in London for 20 years, is where I live now. And in case you don't know, it's a small independent British island sandwiched between France and England. It's known for cows, potatoes, and finance, and of course, this amazing podcast. Finance is a double-edged sword. It's an odd one. It sort of, you know, doesn't have the greatest image, but it's not that black and white, as I've come to learn living here for the last couple of years. And it does bring in a huge variety of interesting people. Anyway, this podcast asks people if I've made changes in their lives. If you could go back in time and meet yourself, when would you go back and what would you say? And the structure of the podcast is that we usually get to know the person first before we ask the questions. So we usually spend about half an hour, we go to their house, maybe go for a drive, get a coffee, and then I pose the question to them towards the end. It does take a while to get there, but it's definitely worth it because I feel you get the sort of background to who they are when they answer the question. Anyway, so I was asking for suggestions of who should I interview for the third episode, and Will, a cinematographer, and no, I was not at his party when I spoke to him. Sorry, really bad joke, but I just wanted to get it in there. Um, he suggested Sal Minty Gravit MBE. I heard a bit about her, how she was a serious, famous Jersey swimmer, but I had no idea. Maybe I should do better research. She's the first person to complete the English Channel Swim six times over six decades at the age of 65. She has Guinness World Records, swim records to numerous to mention here, various accolades, and, of course, an MBE. So I thought it was a good idea to meet her and suggest a swim. And I definitely didn't impress her with my swimming. Some quick show notes. There's some annoying phone feedback or, I don't know, some sort of interference, which is, well, as I said, annoying. And um, that's it, really, in show notes. Basically, I really hope you enjoy it as much as I did, and I'll speak to you after. I get turn the engine off. It's off. Right, let's go meet Sal. Morning, Sal. Yes, we do have matching cars. Nice to meet you. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you. Hello, Charlie. Back, back, back. Don't escape. It's lovely. It's lovely here. Oh, yeah. nice. I like that, I like that uh, bench. It's made out of driftwood. It was made by Acorn. Acorn. It was a, it was a time. Charlie. Sorry, he just gets excited. He thinks I'm leaving him. Yeah. Yeah, well, by the end of this, we'll be best friends. Yes. Oh, yes. It's nothing to do with you. Yeah. Yeah. He's just protecting everybody from the birds because the birds are very dangerous. Oh, really? And he's a terrier, so he has to shout yeah, at all yeah, the birds, yeah, yeah, don't yeah. he? <laughs> <laughs> so Charlie is named after Char- Charlie, your so, husband as well? When when he came to meet me, yeah. the lady from Jersey Rescue Dogs didn't know my husband was called Charlie. And I said, that's really funny. And so she said, why? I said, because my husband's called Charlie. So she said, but you can change his name. I said, how old is he? And she said, 10. I said, I can't change no. his name at 10. <laughs> so it so was Charlie. Charlie. We had Charlie two legs and Charlie four legs. 
which was um, very entertaining. So you, how long have you been in this house? 27 years. Okay, wow. Well. So yeah, that's home. And your husband's no longer? No, I lost him two years ago. Oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. He was very poorly. Yeah. And he was at the end of his life, he, and he was only 77, but... Um, but was he relative, was a swimmer like you? Yeah, right? we met swimming. So you met, so you met, so he, he's not from Jersey? No, he was a Londoner by oh, birth, yeah. adopted, brought up in Hove, married very young, spent 24 years in the RAF, married somebody, an officer's daughter yeah. in the RAF, had two boys, yeah. the marriage didn't last, we got together in 85. Yeah. When I was living in England, I moved back here at the end of, at the beginning of 86, thinking I wanted to come back and start a swimming school. He'd had his children. He didn't want any more children. Yeah. And I said, I want children in my marriage, so I'm going home. So, uh, but our relationship was obviously too strong yeah. not to be together. So it was costing a fortune to be apart. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up getting married in August 86 fairly quickly. Um, because we found a house in St. Clement that we wanted to buy, but we couldn't buy it unless we were married. So Jersey bureaucracy, we yeah. decided to get married quite quietly. Just yeah. we went to Gret Green. It was really good fun. So that's when we got together. And then he moved over in the October yeah. when into the house. Again, what, did he come with his children? or No, no. his children were grown oh, men. They were grown, yeah, 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 they're yeah, only yeah. 10 years younger than yeah, me. Yeah. So. Okay, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So cause Charlie was 14, 15 years older than me. Yeah. He was very, very ill in 2017. So I was always waking up, waiting to see if he was still alive because heart failure is heart failure. This is when we got the dog to keep him company. By Christmas, he was a different man because of the dog. A year wow. later, he was walking the dog by himself with his walking stick just around the lanes. Used to take him an hour of pottering. This one would love it because he would just sniff for an hour. And it was the best thing we did was get him. And then we had 2018 was a great year. 2019 was a very good year with him. And then 2020 came. And my two-way channel in 2016, before I did that, I'd put the deposit down for my sixth decade solo swim in 2020 so that I couldn't back out of it. And at the beginning of 2020, I could see that he wasn't well. This was before COVID. And I said to him, "This I'm going to make this my retirement swim so that we can spend more time together. And he said, whatever you do, I will support you. He said, but just remember, you can always come out of retirement. <laughs> Which was very wise words. And that was plan A. And that's what I stuck with. And then by when COVID hit and we were all locked down, um, his health started to, te to deteriorate anyway. And we had to get him... We'd been told in 2019 that he would have to have a, a pacemaker, his pacemaker replaced with a new device. They took him away in, in May to up John Radcliffe. Um, and I wasn't allowed to go with him, which was really scary for him. And with COVID going around, you weren't allowed to visit or be anywhere because they had to take the pacemaker out first and put the new device in, which they did. It took four hours. Sent him back to Jersey. Ten days later, he was unconscious in that chair with sepsis. They took him in third week of May and kept him in hospital here for the weekend to try and stabilise him, sent him back to John Radcliffe to have this device taken out because the infection was actually in the wound where the pacemaker was. And then we had a further six weeks of trying to get rid of this sepsis, which never went. 
and they never they were never able to replace his pacemaker, which is why he finally passed away because he just couldn't live without it. Anyway, um, that was 2020. So my swim, during that time, I postponed my swim anyway for a year and that was rebooked for 2021. And then I went away twice last year to do it and it didn't happen. And it's finally happened this year. So yeah. he was always very, felt very guilty when he was ill that I couldn't do things that I wanted to do. And he was such... He could have, he was a grumpy git when he wanted to be, and everybody knew that side of him. But he was the most loyal, fun-loving person. And we had so much to share and so much to give each other. And we shared a passion of swimming, and he had his football, and we supported each other, but we were independent, you know, we were individuals and independent as well. I think that's the key to the relationship. Absolutely. And he was so proud of everything that I did while we were together. And he, you know, he would push me to do whatever I wanted to do whenever I wanted to do it. And he realised I gave up a lot of my life for him. It's the partner, isn't it, that isn't ill, that often gets forgotten about. You know what I mean in terms of their... They get get forgotten about big time. Yeah. People always say, how are you, Charlie? And they go, and I always used to step in and went, and I'm okay, okay, as well. Yeah. But people forget to ask the carers. And in fact, I know a lot of people who care for their partner... And then the ill person, the, the carer gets sick and dies before they do. Yeah. And that very it's often happens. It's a huge toll. Yeah, it is. And I didn't realise, I went to the hairdressers about three years ago, you know, your hair's falling out, it's getting really thin. And I went, no, I hadn't noticed. And she said, it's stress. You, you know, you're under, you don't realise it. It is very sad, but it is, I don't know how to say it without sounding crass. Relief. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly how I felt. When, he, when he'd actually gone... I said to my brother, am I, am I bad to feel relief? Because he went so peacefully. It could have been so much more traumatic. And the last, his last day, his son was here. We were with him. The dog was with us up at hospice for the day. It was a beautiful sunny day. We had a whole day with him. He ate really well. He'd rallied. He'd been taken off all his meds at John Radcliffe. And he was having a fantastic day. And his last words to me were, thank you very much for getting my family back together because he'd had a very traumatic family life. The kid had a horrible divorce. And we came home. We had champagne and lobster. We went to bed. Next morning, I phoned hospice. He was still asleep, which was unusual. Uh, And then he just passed away in his sleep. Never woke up. About 20 past eight in the morning. Um, So anyway, so I went up and talked to him until he'd gone cold dead being very honest here. He was still warm when I got there. Um, My brother came with me and we just sat and we just talked to him because I know your last sense to go is your hearing. Um, So we talked to him and I felt completely at peace and very relieved that he'd gone on his terms in Jersey. He'd had his last day with his dog and his son and me and we had a wonderful day. And you can't want for anything else. And a lot of people have, in the well-being and health world have said, it's all right having a good life, but to have a good death is very important too. Rather than a traumatic sudden death, which I know a lot of people have had to deal with because of COVID, they haven't been able to say goodbye. You know, those things have, have taken their toll on a lot of people. And I think that's why there's so much mental health problems now um, because people are trying to process all of that. On your arm, you have a tattoo. Yes. 
I have two. You have two. One says mine, and there's a line. So this is Charlie's signature. When Charlie and I used to go out with each other, he used to send me cards. Yeah. And he used to sign it with a C, inverted commas, because his his actual name was Peter. His memoir. So when did you get that done? So I had this done straight after he died. Yeah. Same. Same. You never had tattoos before. Yes, I've got some on my hips. Yeah, Yeah. But this is his signature. He used to sign it with a C, with a smiley face and a kiss. This was in solidarity with my niece, Jessie, yeah. who died. She had this done. Um, mind, mind over, over matter. matter. Mind over matter, yeah. But it's very me as well. Yeah. It's very me. And um, that was done in, in solidarity with Jessie. Yeah. And unfortunately, I didn't get to see her before she passed away. Just coming up for her anniversary of her death. She was 33. Wow. She had cancer. Yeah, yeah. And she's left two little twin girls. Yeah, so, yeah, of, wow. Yeah. You know, 18 months. And then our two, coming up for two and a half, and I'm fortunately I'm involved in helping them learn to swim, Brilliant. which is lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's really nice. There's lots of things to look at. Lots of oh yeah, you join, let's, 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 let's do a tour. Yeah, on, we're, on the, we're in a conservatory, and on the, <laughs> on the uh, sideboard, these are all your like, local swims. So these are all my big swims. Big swims. So you'll find one for each channel. And some of my American swims and my other swims. The Cat- so that's Amer- Catalina. Catalina, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's the Wrigley Island, yeah. yeah. And then that's a picture of the two caps. So there's Cap Grunet and Cap Blanc in, in France. Yeah. It's a bit faded, but it's a lovely picture. So walking through to the living room. So this is my two-way channel swim in lights. So what there is is an admiralty chart, which is a seam yeah. chart of uh, the English Channel between yeah. Dover and Calais. And there's lights are lighting up of South swim. So each light signifies an hour of swimming. So you can it's see where proper, the tide runs. The, yeah, you really yeah. get pushed around, don't you? Yeah. That's very cool. Who made this for you? There's a company it? called Guiding Lights that yeah. do it for channel swimmers now. Um, That's great. And Charlie had this done as a gift for me after my two-way. So what? what that the, was a huge, a huge yeah. swim, thirty-six and a half hours. I mean, but, but why? Why did you do it? Why, why did I do it? It's <laughs> a very good question. <laughs> I mean, like I get the, I get doing it once. I get it, but like I'd done Windermere, and John O'Hara, who was the manager, the, the organizer, said, "You know, lass, if you can do that, you can do Channel." Because nobody knew me then, and I was seventeen, and that was seventy-four. But yeah. I did the channel in 75 because it was the next step for my swimming yeah. career. And in those days, you could book a swim for the next year because only four or five people was doing the channel each year. Yeah. Now it's like 200. So, uh, so I did that. And my brother had booked a channel swim for 76. And he got an appendicitis in the April. So he okay. couldn't do his training. So he postponed his swim to 77. So by 77... He, we were the only brother and sister in the world that had done the channel England to France. Yeah. And he was only 14 when he did it. What? Okay. And it, he did a very good time. He was the fastest Jersey channel swimmer for a long time. And then in 1979, the GB team asked me to go and represent Great Britain in a Saudi Arabian race. Yeah. That was going across the channel. And I said, well, I'm a nanny now and I'm working and I can't do the training. And so my brother said, I'll do it. France, uh, England to France. And I thought, mm, I've done one, you. he's done two. Yeah. No, it didn't annoy me. <laughs> I was traveling, so yeah. it, it was it just didn't occur. So when I, when I was, I then went to Vancouver, as a nanny in Vancouver for a couple of years, and my mum died while I was out there, and I came back, and I thought, I need to do something for my mum, in yeah. memory of my mum. 
and that's when I moved to England in 70 and 84. And then I thought, right, I'm going to train for another channel swim. But I wanted to do it from France to England to say I'd done it both ways. So this is going, going back a long way. When it came to my time to swim in 85, the weather wasn't conducive to a France-England swim. So I had to do another England-France. So I always had this hankering to do a France-England swim, which finally I got There's done. a little bit of sibling rivalry. Only gentle. Bit. It wasn't really. No, 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 but fine. Yeah, fine. gentle. Yeah, but. Yeah. So that was the second decade. Yeah. So then I've told you about my France-England in yeah. 1992. I got my France-England swim. So I managed to do my two channel swims each ways. And in the French stopped people swimming from France to England in 1993. And that was my third decade channel swim. And before I went away, I'd been approached by somebody whose children I'd been looking after. And they had had two hydrophobic girls. And they'd so asked... was hydrophobic? Scared of water. Okay, wow, okay. And they wanted me to get these children over their fear. So I yeah. did. Then he decided he was going to build a pool in his garden. And yeah. he contacted me before my channel swim and said, if I build a pool, would you like to run it? And that was my dream to do that. So I was in on the plans and he built the pool. The day that I went into the channel, he just got his planning permission. So that was kind of a, it was meant to be. Lining so I swam, yeah. So I swam from France to England, came back. And then I watched the pool being built and started my swimming Ooh, school in yeah. the January of 1993. So yeah, so that, and I did that for 10 years. And then I, at the end of my swimming school days in 2003, I was headhunted to go and work at Aquasplash by Serco Jersey yeah. Limited. This is a big uh, swimming pool. Yeah, down Public on St. Helier. Yeah. yeah. And by the time I'd gone to work for Serco, I thought I'd really like to do another France-England swim to say I've done two England-Frances, yeah, yeah. two France-England. But the only way you can do it is by doing a two-way. So I said to this to Serco and they went, We'll pay for it. And then you go, well, you've got to do it now. Okay. <laughs> so uh, the seed was sown. And in 2005, I went to England with a view to doing a possible two-way. But my training had been very non-existent because of work, because I was working long hours down at Aquasplash. Ended up doing a very good one-way. When I got to France, my, and I'd been really, really sick for yeah. like 10 hours. And my pilot said, we're in a really good place. We were at Wissant. He said, you could turn around and come back. I said, Look, I've got a completely empty tank. There's no way I could swim back. So I then had another decade swim, but a France-England. So yeah. I still wanted to do yeah, yeah, uh, England-France. So I really still so wanted, wanted to do, do the France-England. France so that's the real driving thing. For you the two-way. Yeah, you wanted to do So 2013, I yeah. was training with another girl. We were both training for two ways. She knew I wanted to go first. The pressure was on me big time. So I went in in the July and got so sick again for 12 hours and I, there's oh, no way I could have just, nerves pressure yeah, 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 yeah. that's what everybody puts it down to yeah so I couldn't turn around again so that was thwarted but I'd done another decade solo swim so that was five decades yeah immediately I booked my two-way for 2014 Wendy went and did it in 2013 so she became the first and that's fine 2014 the weather was so bad I never got to Dover 2015 I went to Dover never got in the water I then retired as aquatics development manager yeah. at Aquasplash so that I could focus on me. Yeah. 2016 was my year when I booked my sixth decade swim and then I did my two-way. And so here we are. 
So that's, that's how the decades have worked out. And I think that's why I've had six decades of no injury because yeah. I've never done things back to back in a yeah. hurry. Even my two channel swim, my two round island swims in 2016, before my two way, I wanted to do double round jersey. Yeah. And for my, as part of my training to get a 24 hour swim done. But actually you don't need to do that because you'll injure yourself. And each swim, I was uninjured. I climbed out the boat by myself. I've had no injuries because yeah. of technique. Put that down to my dad and my coach yeah. because I've never had my technique changed. It's, I'm a natural swimmer. I'm very yeah. fortunate. So that's how the, the decade thing has turned out. Yeah. And it was never planned. I never set out in my life to do that. It's just transpired. And actually, it's very sweet. And I could have done my two-way way back yeah. in the 90s. But actually, to be the oldest, because I'm still the oldest lady, is very sweet. And it's a very... So is that in the Guinness Book of Records? Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I read yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, there's my certificate. Well, there's a certificate, yeah. Yeah. On, when I did it, I was actually the oldest person. But The oldest person to complete a two-way crossing on the English Channel is yeah. Sunny and Minty Gravit. MBE. I forgot to mention yes, that. Yes. That's my, uh, my MBE certificate. There's the MBE. So that is a member of the British, British Empire. Empire. Most excellent most excellent member of the most British excellent that's what it says in the certificate <laughs> which is very cool when did and you get that so 2016 i was awarded it and the funniest thing is when i went to get my award <coughs> it was from the prince of wales who's yeah. the king and when i went up to get it he'd done his homework and he said to me i know what you've done he said i think it's incredible what you've done this is my five decades of swimming and 27 years of president of long distance swimming club. That's predominantly what I got my yeah. MBE for, for services to long distance swimming. He said, what I want to know is, are you still doing it? <laughs> and I said, yes, I am. And I said, and actually, since I've been awarded this in the birthday honours list, I've done a two way. And he went, do you mean there and back? And I went, yes. He said, why? I said, because. <laughs> That's what I want to know. I said, because it was, it was something I've always wanted to do. He said, you're amazing. And I'm so pleased that you've been honoured for that. But it's, uh, yeah, you, you're being respected by your Absolutely. community. And... and now I've had, from Jersey Sport in 2019, they gave me a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yep. And then just recently they gave me a Special Achievement Award, um, which is up in the top of the shelf there. One question before we go, I want to know about long distance swimming. Because I mean, I do swim, but I do like a kilometre, my longest. Because I get bored. Like, What keeps you going? Do you just get into it? Is it meditation? It's meditational for me. It's my time. It's my time on my own. Some people do yoga. Yeah. Some people meditate lying down. For me, it's swimming. And you get into a zone. You do. You do. And if you speak to anybody that's been in on, every, on any of my swims, even on my two-way, 36 and a half hours, I knew, I didn't have a watch on, but I knew what time of day it was every time I had a feed because I was tuned in. Where, where you saw the, I came down here yeah. on my return. I fell asleep in a swim. So you, you fell asleep swimming. Yeah, you metro, it's metronomic. So your, st your stroke, and it was dark, <coughs> and you're tired. So it just makes you doze off. But you carry on swimming. Never, it's never happened to me before, but. That I wouldn't be able to trust my, well, that's quite. So, you have to, so you the have to boat get... puts somebody in on the other side yeah. to make sure you don't drift off. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the channel boats have to drag a dinghy to, to slow, slow them, them down, down. Yeah. and they just chug along at a swimmer's speed, yeah. and they'll adjust the course according to the swimmer. 
So they go straight, yeah. but you drift with the tide. Yeah. So the tide will drift you up to try to yeah. drift you down. That's cool. Should we go? Yeah. Yeah, this is amazing. I also... Oh, yeah, so sorry. Run the London Marathon Shut in 2011. <laughs> Sal, you've run the London... Like you've, I'm, a strict, I'm a strictly <laughs> champion as well. I took up dancing in 2018. Did you? I was with uh, BBC... When, so when did you do the marathon? 2011. I did that because my friend's granddaughter had passed away of cancer and I happened to be... You're making me feel very bad. I happened to be in Seven the pool. Seven pretty good. Well, it's slow. But I, I, I jogged to 18 miles and I walked the rest. Yeah, but, but you I'm did But I'm injured. It. I finished it. That's the main thing because a lot of people, yeah, mine See? doesn't matter. That's what it yeah. is. And the is that str- why you do it? Yeah. I did that for my, in memory of my yeah. friend's granddaughter. She'd had a, she was 14 yeah. she died. So is that a way, for you, is it a way of giving dealing, back? Well, giving back? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want, it's a way of... It's a way of doing something in memory of that person. Yeah. We're all able-bodied. We're very fortunate. Yeah. And these people have lost their lives or they're ill. We, we should be giving back. Charlie and I were not... We weren't wealthy, but we had our lives and we had a good life. We had a great marriage for 34 years. I was very lucky to have him for 34 years in my life. And we had a great partnership. And for that, I'll be eternally grateful. You know, a lot of people don't find that in their lives ever. No. So, you know, I'm very content. And that's the word I think people should use, content. Content. Because people think they should always be happy. And a lot of people are always striving for more money. But, you know, you're not going to go to your coffin with that money. No. Are you? You're not going to be buried with that money. No. The swimming... But then the marathon. Yeah, I've never run since. Yeah. And I don't intend to run again. And in 2018, Ashley Tracy from Radio Jersey rang me and she said, we're doing a Strictly. And I was just wondering. And I went, yes. She said, what you just you, said yes. Yes. And I, she said, what do, you, what do you think I'm going to ask you? I said, you want me to be a dancer? And she said, yes. And I went, absolutely. She said, I can't believe you even just preempted what I was going to ask. And I went, it's something I've always wanted to do. And I was very fortunate to be part- yeah, yeah. partnered up with Dragos, the p- Romanian professional dancer. Oh, amazing. Picture of him downstairs. And he and I built up a very good f- yeah. relationship during a month. I only had a month to train for it because I was away. Yeah. And went in and he taught me the waltz in a month and we won, which was fantastic. <laughs> so I have a strictly... Uh, Where's it? I have a Strictly, um, I bought a replica oh, glitter yeah, yeah, ball yeah, 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 for yeah. me and Dragosh. We yeah, both yeah. got one of those. So. Some, I went to do a, a, a talk, a motivational talk to a company. And the guy, one of the best questions I've ever heard was, I don't know you, but it seems to me that whatever you do, you will do it to your best and you won't fail yet. He said, what do you put that down to? And I just pointed to that and I went, mind, mind over matter. Mind. And I really believe that whatever you put your mind to, you can do. Yeah. But has there ever been a time when you've gone, that's it, I've had enough? Like no. halfway across the channel? No. Never, even on my two-way, did I ever say, I'm getting out, I've had enough. And I know other people who've gone one way and went, I'm done, I'm getting out. There's no way. Yeah. Charlie, I wouldn't let Charlie on my boat on my two-way because he was so weak and poorly and I'd have worried about him yeah, the whole so that'll time. Yeah, so that would take you out of your zone. Yeah. So when I got to France, I had a crew of four people so they could do shifts of two and two. And the girl swam in with me to the beach from at the end of my one way. 
And so they videoed me and took pictures and I had something to eat, had something to drink. I re-greased myself, cleaned my teeth because it was a really nice feeling to clean my teeth. And I, four minutes I spent on the land and I said, right, I'm swimming back to Charlie now. And that's, and, and my friend, um, Tracy said, I wish I'd videoed you saying that because it was such a lovely thing to say. And I swam back to the boat and I said to Neil, my pilot, I said, how long did that swim take? He said 15 hours and three minutes. And I went, that's exactly the same time as I took in 1985. And he went, you haven't improved much then, have you? <laughs> so that just was like a really good start yeah, of my yeah, two-way. Yeah, it took yeah. a long time. It took 20 hours to get back. Yeah. But um, it, the whole way I was swimming back to Charlie. Yeah. Charlie was waiting on the cliffs. And that's me. all you thought about? That's all I thought about. So I you don't, like, basically, it's not overthinking, isn't it? No. It's like you're in a zone. It, yeah. is, a, it is a state of um, meditation, isn't it? It I mean, is. And, but it's, it's, I'm, I got in here to swim back to England and I'm not getting out until I get back to England. That's why I always say. I you're not it, timing yourself, are you? I always do it for completion as yeah. opposed to competition. So <laughs> would you say you're quite stubborn? Yeah, strong-willed. <laughs> strong-willed is a nicer way of putting it. Yeah, sorry, actually, it's very rude. <laughs> <laughs> so um, do you want to go, should we go for a swim? Yeah. Or drive, let, drive and then a swim? Let's go for a swim. Drive in your car? Yeah, so if you move your uh, car forward. Oh, yeah, I'm going to move my car forward. And then yeah, I can, I'll do that. get out. I'll grab my bag. Your hat. Oh, yeah, my hat. Your woolly hat. So you're writing a book? I am. I was about to say you should write a book. I am. Oh, that's good. I, I've, got so you... I've got a lot of gaps at the moment. Come on, Charlie. Come on. Right, so I'll move my car forward. I can just leave it here, can I? Uh, yeah, just pull it forward. Yeah. Okay. Come on then, up. Up again. Charlie, come on. Get in. Get in. Come on, up, that's it. Good boy. How did you get into swimming? How did I get into swimming? That's a good question. Uh, so, I was born in the Belgian Congo. Yeah. And the coolest place to keep me was in the water as a baby. So I was one of those swimming babies. My parents were very keen swimmers and athletes. My dad was working, working over in, in the Congo for Unilever, managing plantations. So by the time I was seven months, I was swimming underwater. It was one of those. When we were evacuated back in 1960, when the first big uprising happened yeah. in the Congo, um, Jersey Swimming Club was the only swimming club in operation. So you moved back to Jersey? Yes, my mother was yeah. a Jersey woman. My dad's family were all here. He was schooled in Jersey. Yeah. Even though he was born in Burma, he was brought it's up and schooled colonial, in Yeah, the empire. Jer- yeah. Days, anyway, yeah. Jersey Swimming Club was the only swimming club in operation and they ran what is now called the Lido, okay? Yeah. And so I started swimming lessons <coughs> in the sea because there was no indoor pools in those days at the age of four. And wow. so I was brought up having lessons in the sea. And you could only do it, what, you start with May? Yeah, May. Yeah. It's still pretty cold in May. Yeah, but I loved yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't flinch. So that, that, that was love at first sight. Absolutely. I wasn't pushed at no. all, but I was encouraged yeah. big time by my parents who were both swimmers. They both represented Jersey at swimming and in diving. So it's in the family. Yeah. In terms of your teaching of swimming. Yeah. I mean, that's vocational, right? Do you yeah. Mean, I mean, I've been teaching you... swimming since I was 14. And does it... Did, does it still give you a buzz? Yes, teaching, yes, it uh, definitely does. Teaching little people especially is wonderful. I've got two little three-year-olds on a Saturday who are now swimming underwater what? and swimming back yeah, the yeah, steps. Yeah. And yeah, it just makes you smile that these kids are just loving it. 
I call them my little mermaids and they yeah. love it. They absolutely love it. What's the trick to being a good swim teacher? Fun. You've got to have fun. If you don't have fun, they're not going to come back. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I've always had fun. And the day I've told a lot of people in their training, because I've coached a lot of people and mentored a lot of people to channel swims or big swims. And if they they, they message me sometimes, they go, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to come swimming today. I said, good, to have a rest. Your body needs a rest. Because rest is as important as training. Yeah. And I, I, I really believe that's why I had a really good swim this year because I was really rested. I'd done yeah. very little training in comparison to other years. Last year, I'd done a lot more training. I did a round island swim and finished with lots of tendonitis in my arms. And I was expecting that again this year, being another year older and less training. I had nothing. Biggest, the easiest Your swim. Body. The quickest recovery. I wasn't tired. I didn't have any pain. And I tried to, I'm still still trying to process and work out why. And I think it's because I was completely rested and relaxed and went into it. And there was a really good re reason for doing the swim because I did it in memory of Charlie yeah. in the end. Uh, and I raised 23 and a half thousand pounds in the process. Wow. So I was yeah, yeah. really <clears throat> made up with all of that. Um, I had a perfect day and it's not about the time. Um, it would have been quicker, but my pilot took me into the slipway where we had French friends waiting with some champagne. <laughs> so it was a perfect finish as well. And I could never replicate that. And I took the remainder of Charlie's ashes. And once I got out of the water, cause he came across yeah. with me, I put them in the sea at the end. So it, it was a beautiful ending to a channel swimming career. Um, I'll probably do relays cause relays yeah. are good fun. So you're not retired yet then? From solo channel swimming. Yeah, that's the, yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. And a lot you, of people, a it, lot of people have said, yeah. because the oldest woman is seventy-one. Yeah. Well, you've got another one in you. You can do it in ten years. Yeah, the time. door's not totally shut, is it? And I've said to them, look, I've retired from solo channels for me at the moment. Charlie always said I can come out of retirement, <laughs> but the French have been trying to stop channel swimming for years. Why? Why is that? Because I don't know. You ask me. Do tell me about the French. The French have got their own regulations, and. Um, if I've now turned it round and at the Move More Sport Award night, when I was interviewed on stage with all those 500 people watching and listening, I've said, right, I'm saying it now, that if in 10 years time, I'm in the right place, I could be in the Caribbean, I don't know where I'm gonna be, but if in 10 years time, channel swimming <coughs> is still happening and I'm still fit and able, somebody's gonna have to pay me to do another channel swim. <laughs> okay, so they all just laughed. <coughs> so I've left it like that now. And that's well, what I was going to have some big corporate sponsors yeah. come along and say, here you go. You, are, you can have £10,000 if you do it. And I go, yeah, that's fine. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> is this, we're driving to St. Catharines, which is a, yes. um, it's an old harbour that was built in the Victorian days. Uh, yeah. It's never completed though. Um, and uh, is it one of your favourite spots, swimming? This is my, this is where I've done most of my training. This is where... It's deep water, isn't it? So. Deep water all the time. There's always water. Uh, I don't have to worry about sand. I'm not very keen on sand no, I everywhere. Like sand. Yeah. I don't like stones on my feet. It's like it's a slipway in. Yeah. Just, and it's and it's always sheltered yeah. as well as in the east of the island. Well, if it's a south, southerly it's not so wind, it's not sheltered, but we've got a lovely, it's lovely today because it's south, west, The sun southwest. is out. Sun's shining. Yeah, this looks stunning. Charlie's ashes are mostly in this bay. Amazing. Um, so he's, and there's a- So you feel, you come down here quite often then? It's, it's, his, yeah. 
I come to talk to be with Charlie really. Um, yeah. I've got a plaque for him on the bench uh, as well. So, and he, okay. he's very well known in the cafe. Is he? We, yeah. So we go in the cafe quite a lot, which we can do today if we want. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. So, this so, is my spiritual home. So, do you do? Is there any prep you do before a swim? I'm going to be going for a quick swim, but if you're doing training. If I was training, I'd have to make sure that I was hydrated. Yeah. And if I needed food, I'd eat. But I'm a. So how do you balance that? Because I eat too much when I go to water. I'm a great. I, I swim on an empty stomach. Yeah. But I'm a great faster. I do a lot of fasting in my life. I lost four stone very easily by fasting. I'm trying to do a 48 hour fast today, actually. Oh, yeah. Started this you're morning. Doing, you're doing pretty well. Wow. Right. Right, let's do this. It is be it is literally stunning down here. The it sun is, is out. It's yeah. warm out the wind. I'm gonna have to put my cosy on because it's not on yet. Yeah, yeah, so no, me, a and me too actually. These are my yeah. normal shorts. Can I take this off now? Yeah, let's take this off. So we're gonna go for a swim and then uh, we'll talk later. How's your back feeling? So, what, what, so how long would you normally swim for? Oh, that was a minutes, quick... half an hour, just for fun. Yeah. Oh, what a glorious day. I mean, look, after yesterday... Um... Charlie, you're being very quiet at the moment. You got anything to say? <laughs> this is my mum's back. <laughs> it does take a while to get warm. Yeah. But... I do feel good for it, though. Well, and, and Wimpoff says... Two minutes is enough to get the cold yeah. water benefits. It's lovely that you got so you got one, a plaque. I've put a, a yeah. plaque on the bench. It's only not very far, so. But. Um, and do you come down here to sit on the bench? Sometimes, we're normally walking. So. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think? Like what you're talking about being in the present, because that's a big thing now. It is it? huge, isn't it? But you've um, always seemed to have lived that. I try to. Uh, and I think if you can, if you... I think a lot of people... Uh, I know a lot of people in the last couple of years have lost their loved ones very suddenly. And they're always saying, oh, I can't live. I, my life's never going to be the same again. No, your life will never be the same again but there's nothing you can do about it. So, and I know Charlie wouldn't want me to be miserable. I know Jessie wouldn't want us to be miserable. And Jessie's husband, Tanda, has these two gorgeous twins and he is out there with them living every single day. He posts videos of them tagging Jessie in every single post. <laughs> yeah. and, he feel, and he put a lovely post out the other day and he's only 34. But a lovely post saying, these memories that come up in Facebook really, really feel, make me feel that Jessie's still here with us. And I said, I feel exactly the same because my memories are always about Charlie on our holidays. Or, and it makes me feel, people say, oh, don't they make you sad? And I go, no, because we had so much fun. Why would I be sad when it reminds me of the fun that we had? Really? So here we are. But it needs to be redone. We've got the long distance one there and we put one up there. Do 
Can we to read it out because it's can't really 19, see. Oh, the 6, 43, the 6 or the 7, 20, Old Man of the Sea. Yeah. Do you want to read it? You read it. Charlie Gravett, 19, 6, 43 to 6, 7, 20, Old Man of the Sea. Loved helping so many swimmers realise their swimming dreams. His heart just stopped, but it lives on in his sow and little Charlie dog, and especially in this bay, forever loved, never to be forgotten. That's lovely. Yeah, and that's I put that up um, last year, and then we buried his, we took his ashes out in the. So the JLA came and picked us up in their rib, took us out there. We all had a beer and put his ashes in the sea. It was great. It was funny. I took my old two oldest godchildren, and they came out, and I said to them. I said, you're going to have to do this for me when I go, you know. And they went, oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. If, if he could still be here, it would be lovely, but not in the way he was. He was yeah. struggling to live, you know, and, and the worry was constant. But you just got on with it because that's what I had to do. Um, and I don't miss that, yeah. I have to say. Well, I, I had a sister who was extremely handicapped and she died about uh, six years ago. Oh, and she, I'm sorry. But, well, no, no, yeah. Well, well, she, again, she got very ill towards the end and it was, I think it was a relief for everyone. Oh, and right. so, you, know, you know what I mean? Like yes. she, she, she wasn't that happy anymore. No. And I, get, um, I understand that. I, yes. I, I relate to that. Yeah. Morning, lads. You okay? Yes, right. Any fish? Morning, how are you? Morning. Yes, thank you. Morning, Charlie. Hi, Sally. See? They always talk to Charlie first. Hello, Colin. Hi, Colin. This young man. We're doing a podcast. When I come down and swim on my own, you're the man who looks after me. That's right. Yeah, yeah. There's a few years now. It is, yeah. Yeah. You go swimming? This is Philip. No. No, no. You do the RN and Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's my. Oh, sons have got boats here. Yeah, you know, that's so, right. Yeah. 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 You can tell at the moment. <laughs> yeah. You can tell Sal who, you know, by a swimming stroke, is that right? Oof. You can tell yes, my I, stroke. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah. From a long yeah. way away. I can see if somebody's alongside you, I, I know which one's uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you've seen me swim a long time. What would you like, Sal? I'm just gonna have a um Cappuccino, please. Cappuccino. Yeah, cappuccino. Yeah, yes. one cappuccino, please. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, please. And can I get? Yes. I'll get a um a latte, please. Thanks for a very. I, that was a very short swim. It's okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, just getting in is enough. Well, it was just more. Uh, yeah, just a quick dip. Therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we went long swim. Then I would have. Uh, I mean, I love sw I love swimming, and I um, but I, I suppose because you learn it at school. Yeah. And then. But it was, um, but you'd learn bad technique, don't you? And I think that sometimes, hello, Vicky, how are you? There's your friend. Oh, Annette. Annette, sorry. I think that's where a lot of kids lose the love of swimming because of school swimming. You know, I remember vividly when I was at girls' college over here, and I remember being asked to do demonstrations at open days for my technique. They hadn't taught me the technique. My dad had taught me my technique. But I remember that. And I also remember when I was later in school, just before I left school, I was going to be a physiotherapist. It's called a remedial gymnast in those days. And I got my place at Lancashire, no, Lancaster University, 75, when I left school. 
and my I, I was in love and I didn't want to leave Jersey. I wanted to be here with the boyfriend. So I found myself a job in the bank. But before I did that, I swam the channel. I had a summer off, swam the channel. But my headmistress, and it's been, she, all my school friends have told me that they remember her vividly saying, you'll never make a living out of swimming. I went into a bank, which was the wrong thing, but it was a good grounding start job for me because it taught me about the real world. It taught me about offices. It taught me about making, earning money. It gave me a different circle of friends. I did it for two and a half years. Then I became a nanny, two and a half years over here. Then I wanted to travel, so I went to Vancouver for two and a half years as a nanny. Then I came back to England. Jersey, I came, my mum had died, so I, I went back into a bank thinking, oh, I've got to settle down, earn some money. Yeah. Hated it. Hated the boyfriend. The boyfriend didn't last very long, and he went to Southampton University anyway, a year later. Uh, and that's fine, because I'd got a different circle of friends anyway. He's now married, we're best friends, we live very close to each other. Yeah, we're still friends. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, I'm going to see them next week actually uh, and we're still very good friends um, but I'm a great fatalist as well I, I'm a great believer in that these things are meant to happen and meant to be I came back from Vancouver got myself another very good job in a bank and the, the money was so much bigger than it was when I was 10 years before and um, hated every single minute of that job because I'd been a nanny for five, six years and I just had freedom and travel and so I started teaching to keep myself happy in between my working hours and started swimming again in the sea because I didn't do that in Vancouver. I didn't really, there wasn't a swimming, sea swimming fraternity in those days. I still have lots of contacts there. Uh, it was a very impressionable part of time of my life. Uh, and I often look back and I think, if I'd have stayed there and got my citizenship, where would I be now? I certainly wouldn't have done, I don't think, what I've done, achieved in my life. I would have been driven, but in a different way. I don't think I'd have done the channel, you know, as much as I have, because I'm, it's too far away. And I wouldn't have, my, wouldn't have had my parents to drive me. I wouldn't have met Charlie. So I'm a great fatalist. I really believe that I was meant to come back and meant to meet Charlie and have my life with Charlie. And I really believe that. Yeah. And then, like, with, like, as someone in a relationship, I've been married, hang on, I should know this, 13 years, I think. Um, but, like, what, what, what do you reckon, I mean, what's the, not that, not that it's a secret, but what, what advice would you give to someone in a relationship in a long time? Marry someone for friendship first, because friendship, I think, is the key. We were really good friends, and I wasn't going to marry him because he couldn't give me children. But it just felt right, and it was right for us. And he said that he would uh, go through a vasectomy reversal, uh, and then two years into the relation, two years into our marriage, we were financially struggling because our business that we'd started hadn't worked, and he was in the doldrums, and he was going to go back to England, and then finally, suddenly, he got a job with Jersey European Airways as an engineer again. So he was back doing what he loved, so he became happy. But he decided he wasn't going to have a vasectomy reversed. And that was a real blow for me. I started going down the route of artificial insemination. And then he had his heart attacks. It just wasn't meant to be. And our relationship was on the rocks for a few years because of that problem. 
I'd been to London. I'd got the, I hadn't told him. It was all done secretly. And I was going to do it, just get on with it on my own. I always said that if I wasn't married by the time I was 35, I would go through artificial insemination and have my own child anyway. And I know four people who've done that in the last couple of years, yeah. in their late 30s. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I was, and I was going to do it. But then when he had his heart attacks, I'd married him in sickness and in health. He got sick. I had to look after him. So it just wasn't meant to be. And at that point, I don't think I had that choice. I think I made that choice. Okay. And I think I made that choice because I was married to him. And I think that's only fair from my perspective. I also weighed up a lot of stuff. And at that time, I was godmother to about four children, three children. And I had six or seven nieces already at that time. I now have seven, well, six, seven uh, nieces and nephews now. Uh, I lost one last year, as I told you before. But I have seven godchildren. Yeah. The youngest is 13 and the oldest is 43. So I've been surrounded by kids and I'm now surrounded by their kids. And I have a great grand, a step great granddaughter. Charlie's granddaughter gave birth in 2020 to a little girl. Charlie missed, wow. missed the baby, but she's in touch. We are in touch. So I have a step great granddaughter as well, which I will meet one day. Because of COVID. I, mean, I, I think your attitude to it all is, uh, is, is um, well, it's quite moving, to be honest. Thank think, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of people said, I don't know how you dealt with that. And I go, well, I don't think I had that choice to make. Yeah. It was given to me. That was, Charlie needed somebody to look after him yeah. and care for him. And I was his wife. And some people would have walked away. I think a lot of, well, a lot of people, a lot of people would have yeah. walked away. But I've also had the added advantage, Philip, that I've taught hundreds and thousands of children to swim. Yes. I've looked after hundreds and thousands of children yes. and handed them back. Yeah, and I've had go. my life as well. <laughs> so there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a two-way streak here. Yeah. There's a two-way story. And also you're living another part of your life now. Yes. I'm now, this is, this, this is a new chapter for me. My life has now restarted, I yeah. feel. So I'm going to ask the question now. So if you could go back in time and meet yourself, when would you go back to and what would you say? Gosh, um, I think I would go back to pre-Charlie in Vancouver because Vancouver was a very, very important time of my life. I was away from my family. I lost my mum. And it was a very good time. I'm still in touch with those children. They still care about me. I still care about them. They're in their 40s now. They've got, they're both married. They're with children. I wouldn't change anything. But I may, I may have gone back and become a Canadian citizen and then chosen where to live. But I didn't. So I, but I don't regret it. I don't regret anything in my life. And I think... Um, it was a very good time in my life. But having said that, going back, and I think going back to 2016 when I did my two-way and the change that gave me in my life with my MBE and a newfound respect from a lot of people. You know, people respected me and that still respect me a lot. And I'm humbled with that. I don't do it for the awards and the accolades. But now, as I seem to be getting more and more accolades now after doing things because I'm so much older and still doing it and still loving it and still being there and being in the front. Um, so would you say, I mean, looking back, 
you're right because if you look at your life, you're getting more and more. Yes, yeah, so well, we've just been in your house, and it's <laughs> most of the mo most things up there are in the last twenty years. Yes, I would say. Yeah, Ten, yeah is that right? Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So it's been like it's slowly got more and more. But but isn't that life doesn't stop when you're sixty or seventy or whatever? No, no it doesn't yeah. have to. No, some people think it does. Yeah, and because some I'm, people get depressed about their age. Yeah. but for me. I'm very pleased I've got to 65. My mum died when she was 53, breast cancer, 40 years ago she died in February. And Charlie was in hospital with his heart attacks on the anniversary of my mum's death in 1990, on my 1997. People get worried about age. Charlie never got worried about his age. I never got worried about my age. And I think a lot of people hang on to that and they should we, we, we hang on to an ideal of being of youth I think you know what I mean like yeah. we, but actually there is something in accepting your age and I mean there's Going some beauty yeah there's some beauty in that I yeah think. I think we try and fight well the whole industry is built you know, absolutely you know advertising yeah. everything's built yeah, around yeah yeah and I young. think uh, if people just get just stop getting hung up about how yeah. old they are and just live their life I think it's it's all about living your life so it's interesting so where you so you so initially when I asked the question, you were thinking about you you would probably go back to a time in Vancouver, especially around the time when you you lost your mum. Yes, you I was, here. You never got to say goodbye to her, basically. I came back the Christmas before she'd asked me to come back. Yeah. She knew she was going to die. Yeah. I was very lucky and I, I'm at peace with that. My sister wasn't. She was 18 when my mum died. She, I don't think she forgave me that I wasn't here. But my mum had asked me to come back for that Christmas yeah. before. And by the, when I came back, my mum was half the woman she was when I'd left. So my mum had said to me then, I want you to come back because we want to move house, but we don't want to move house without you. So I then handed my notice in for my job in Vancouver to leave six months later. I gave him six months notice to find me a, a replacement. I went back to Vancouver on the 8th of January after watching my mum try and get her first lot of new chemotherapy, which she couldn't because she was so weak. I went back to Vancouver and she died on the 1st of February. I have no regrets about that because I'd done what said she'd goodbye. asked, yeah, yeah. said my yeah. goodbyes. And my dad was at peace with it, she was at peace with it, um, and I was at peace with it. And so what I'm saying is that if, if I had have stayed there and got my, ca my Canadian citizenship, so I could have then come home and decided whether I wanted to live there or here. Um, that's probably a little regret. It's not a big regret, but it's something that I don't have the choice in doing again. But the, yeah, because uh, the, the question, like, I, you can't go back and change no. time. No. But you could, it's more about reassurance. So sometimes we go through, there are moments in our lives, especially mm. people in their 20s or 30s or whatever, mm. and saying, well, you might be, well, like not, not the children thing. Mm. Like, uh, actually, it might have been tough at the time, but actually, in hindsight, that things happen for a reason. Things happen for a reason, and I also talked to Charlie about being a foster parent. Yeah. He wouldn't entertain it because he'd had two difficult children. He didn't want to have difficult children in the house. And I get that, respected <laughs> yeah. it. I didn't want it either. And I'm now in a situation where I could become a foster mum, but I want to travel. Okay. My problem I have now is him. Charlie, because, Charlie Four Legs. Yes, Charlie Four Legs. 
they did some research about where people live the longest. Yeah. Uh, there's a place in Japan. That's right. And they talked about never retire. Basically, find something that you can do. I, there's a word for it. I can't remember what it is now, but find something that you do that, that you can also make money out of. Yes. But also that makes you feel good. Yes. And don't ever retire from it. And that's swimming teaching for me. Yeah. And you, I, mean, I don't, I don't you ever stop that. No. Right. No, and I, you know, I, teach, I coach people in the sea, come down here, sunny or windy. I coach them. They get a buzz out of it. I get a buzz out of it. And I'm making money out of it. A bit of pocket money. I think, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's the secret. And I know lots of people who've become swimming teachers and they don't earn a huge amount of money as a swimming teacher. I was very fortunate at Aksbash. I went in as a manager. I negotiated a salary, a good salary. For me, it was more than I'd ever earned in my life. For me, that was a lot of money. Charlie was... Um, coming to the end of his working life, but he had four pensions, so he was quite wealthy in his own right. We never had a joint account. We always had our own accounts. I never asked him for money. He never asked me for money. We never needed to do that because we lived our lives and we lived our lives independently. So there was never a money issue. And he, he, he was a war baby. He was born in 1943. And so, Every single penny counted to Charlie. He was a real Scrooge. He used to count his pennies all the time. And our financial advisor would say to him, Charlie, you've got to spend this money before you die. Yeah. Right? So he would object. The, the last big spending that he had was the car that you've driven in and our mobile home in France, which he bought for me, us, but he sadly never stayed in it because COVID happened and I never went there until last year. But other than that, he wouldn't spend his money. He was a real tight kid, <laughs> but in a good way. He wasn't, he, would, he was the most generous person. And he'd buy me rings. I mean, he bought me so much jewelry over the years, which I've now had made into a special piece of jewelry that I will wear a lot. And he didn't believe in Christmas. So we had this ongoing battle at Christmas where I'd make up a stocking for me and a stocking for him. And he, we'd open it on Christmas day. He said, you shouldn't have done this. I go, no, but if I didn't, Charlie, I wouldn't have anything for Christmas because you don't get me anything. Our first wedding anniversary, when we didn't have any money, he, he gave me five pounds to go myself, buy myself some flowers in the market. But they're nice flowers, though. They were nice flowers. <laughs> but he wasn't a romanticist in that respect. But he did love me very dearly and very sincerely. I think what you had was a partnership. It sounds like a true partnership. It was a partnership. And I understood him. I got him. Uh, and I'd get really pissed off or upset if he didn't buy me something on my anniversary. Or, but he never forgot our anniversary, I have to say. So one of the other questions I was thinking about in this podcast was, you can go back in time... You can take back one object to now, what would it be? My swimming school that I had for 10 years. So that started in 1993 after my France-England yeah. swim. And I ran it for 10 years, but I ran it at a loss to myself. I, yeah. Because the, the guy that I rented it from said, after three years, the mortgage will be paid and you can, we'll just charge you the rent and we'll reduce the rent and you can stay there forever. That never happened. The rent kept going as it did. And by seven years in, I had to stop paying myself a salary because I was having to pay my other teachers. I had a really good business. I had a really good reputation. The lessons were fantastic. 
the kids were doing really well and a lot of those now are channel swimmers a lot of the kids are now you know on the committee of the long distance swimming club so it did me a lot of good and then I was headhunted to go to Serco but in that meantime I'd gone to the bank and asked if I could buy the property with the pool because that would have so it's a private house it's a private house in St Lawrence I went to the bank and they wanted to lend me the money to buy the property because they knew the business was a good business and if I'd had the property and owned the property with the pool then I would probably still be doing that yeah. as well as my channels for me. So there's a regret that. There's That's a slight regret. Yeah. Probably bigger regret than Vancouver thing. I then got a job at Hope Valley School as a pool manager yeah. to give me a salary. And then I'd work at my pool on the weekends and let my girls run it in Monday to Friday. And then we'd share it on a Saturday. And I did that for two years. And then I went to Aquasplash and I simply closed the door. I didn't sell the business. I just closed the door and the girls who were working for me there came and worked for me at Aquasplash when we started Aquasplash. And then a year later, he sold the property and they did a house swap. So he moved into a smaller house and they bought the business. And now it's a multi, multi-million pound business, which is fantastic. So that's probably the biggest thing that I do regret. But again... I can't regret it because I had a really good job at the Aquasplash. I did a really good job. We started off with 1,500 people in the pool a week. We got up to 2,000 while I was doing that. That first 10 years was amazing because I put my personal stamp on the teaching program. Serco would award me all sorts of things for doing that. I, got, I rewrote the teaching program for Serco. And then after the 11th year, they became very corporate. It was very difficult at home, very difficult in life, very difficult at work. Then in 2015, I just said, look, I'm not going to be a manager anymore. I just want to be a teacher. I've got to do this channel swim. Uh, and uh, so I changed what I was doing. I became the senior lead swimming teacher in two th at the end of 2015. So from 2016, 2017 until March 2018, I did that. And then I just, I, they did something else. And I just went, do you know what? If you can't see what you're doing here, that it's wrong, I'm out of here. And they went, bye. And that was it. And now they have to do everything they do in England and they have to do everything the same. I'm glad I walked away when I did. Because within a month, Charlie said to me, you're a human being again. You're not a robot anymore. Yeah. And one other question before we finish is, um, Sal from 10 years ahead comes back to now what do you reckon she'd say to you no idea i'm hoping i'm going to be living in the caribbean with a nice rich man <laughs> doggy free swimming in the sea all day long just having fun teaching swimming maybe who knows i don't look back and i'm trying to live in the present and i'm trying to live a day at a time yeah. and i'm trying to enjoy everything i do i mean when i was in france i read nine books which is unheard of for me uh, I walked a lot, I read, I started writing my book. The South in the future might be saying, uh, the book did well. Yeah, <laughs> I might be living on that. Yeah, 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 the royalties. The proceeds. You don't need a rich man, no. you'll be rich. <laughs> let's you have hope. a toy boy. Let's, oh, let's hope. <laughs> well, Sal, thank you very much. It's a pleasure, and yeah, it's been really nice to talk to you. Yeah, yeah, you too. And, uh, any, and if you want to follow up, let's Yeah, yeah, do definitely. And Charlie? We'll do one on you next time. Yes, you can have your feel, say. Yeah, I feel He's like had his say today. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really enjoyed that. 
I've learned so much from Sal to live life more in the present and also life is constantly moving forwards and we'll have many different chapters. I love how she has embraced all that has been thrown at her and also just her amazing drive, or as I called it, her stubbornness. Sorry Sal, it was a real pleasure though. I really enjoyed our time together. Well, I hope you enjoyed it and please be kind to yourselves and uh, speak next time, time travellers. <laughs>